This episode of the APA podcast is brought to you by Northeastern University's School of Public Policy and Urban Affairs. Make an impact in your community and on your career. Northeastern University's School of Public Policy and Urban Affairs trains future and current leaders, policymakers, researchers, and citizens to better address critical public issues. Attend a monthly virtual information session to learn more about their suite of graduate programs. Visit northeastern.edu slash policy school to register for an event. On this episode, APA's Emily Posse talks with APA member Brad Klamer of the Sewerage and Water Board of New Orleans about the actions the City of New Orleans is taking to create a more water-resilient, green, and educated community. We'll explore the city's New Orleans is looking to as models in resiliency planning and how the city is learning to live with water. Brad, you now you graduated from the University of New Orleans in spring of 2013, and Following your graduation, you went on a trip, an APA-funded trip, um, to the Netherlands with professionals from across the country. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and how that um, has informed your career to date? Sure. Uh, Well, it was an amazing experience um, coming right out of finishing up my master's in urban regional planning at University of New Orleans. I got this great opportunity to go study and, and visit firsthand what I had been learning in school. Um, so, um, you know, having been an urban planning student and lived in New Orleans for the past 16 years, lived through Hurricane Katrina, I had studied a lot of hazard mitigation and urban stormwater management techniques of the uh, Netherlands, and specifically what was called the Dutch Dialogues. And, um, and so I looked at this as an opportunity to basically follow the footsteps of our city's leaders um, following the storm um, in the Dutch Dialogue series. So we pretty much did the same sort of um, field trips as, as they had done. Um, these, these included state senators and um, city council members who had gone on the Dutch Dialogue trips. So it was a great opportunity just to see all that. So, in a follow-up to that question, um, when you when you mentioned the Dutch dialogues, what sort of things did you study when you were there? Was there one particular takeaway that you have been able to kind of infuse into your approach to planning in New Orleans? Oh yeah, well, I looked at it um, in a couple of different ways because I had just uh, right after right leading up to the trip. I had gotten an internship at the Sewage and Water Board of New Orleans, which I was going to be starting basically right when I got back from this trip. So I was looking looking at it as a student and also as leading into my professional career. Um, and so we visited their utility. It's called Waternet or, or Waternet. Uh, and just to see their facilities and their um, the software they use, their monitoring network, um, I was really able to learn how we could – could use some of those techniques over here. Um, and for the trip, we studied a lot of coastal uh, management, coastal zone planning techniques, uh, large structures, flood protection, surge barriers that they have out there, which were incredible. <laughs> and then we also studied some of the urban stormwater techniques. Um, and I think one of the, 
the big takeaways from the whole experience was um their community outreach is is huge um they every public project they have has a museum or, or at least a sign next to it saying what they're doing and why and community buy-in education those are keys to making this whole thing work for them and and so they've developed their water culture at an early age um in schools and and, and that's um that's definitely what we're looking to do here as well so let's transition to the similarities between um, the Netherlands and New Orleans. Can you tell me why does it make why did it make sense um, to specifically look at the Netherlands as kind of a model of what we'd want to do here in the United States? I know geographic area has a lot to do with that. Well, sure. Um, for New Orleans, um, being a Delta region is is very similar to the the country uh the Netherlands um and so they are also below sea level just like we are um and so it made a whole lot of sense that I would go on this trip um so um they deal a lot with uh, they're actually way much farther below sea level than we are even they're about 9 meters in in several key cities like Rotterdam and Amsterdam um so they've been dealing with this a long time um they also uh have a integrate uh, a very um integrated canal system um that is similar to the one we have here although they are able to use their canal system as uh, amenities for the community where they're beautiful <laughs> canals i know that many people are familiar with amsterdam and their canal system but um we're also looking to use those techniques here um in new orleans we have a sophisticated canal system but it's not as as open to the public as say it is over there um and so we're looking at different approaches uh it's going to take a lot of funding we're looking at um grant opportunities in order to um implement some of these techniques uh over here and now looking just at new orleans um Brad can you tell us as associate city planner for the sewer and water board what specifically is your role in helping to bring these innovative ideas and techniques that um, you saw at work in the Netherlands, and, and how do you bring those back to New Orleans? Um, is there any sort of plan um, that you have in place in the city that you're that you're a part of? Yes. Um, so one of my first duties is, uh, when I when I started working here was to develop and to develop the Sewage and Water Board Green Infrastructure Plan. Um, this was something we did. Um, we submitted to the EPA, and we, we basically are committing $500,000 a year um, for the next five years or four years at this point, um, uh, specifically for green infrastructure projects. Uh, we identified three different types of projects we're going to be funding, and that's educational outreach projects, um, for schools, developing curriculums, and also uh, adult outreach as far as community groups and also professionals working in the field, uh, architects, landscape architects, landscapers, and holding workshops um, teaching about these types of techniques. And then the third type would be um, uh, pilot projects and, and demonstration installations, building rain gardens, uh, so that people can actually see these uh, being developed. And so the first year, which was last year, um, we funded education and outreach was our main 
um, priority. Um, we, we need the we need the community buy, and we need people to know what we're talking about when we discuss green infrastructure, because um, as we've learned, not many people know about it or even think about stormwater management. So these are, we we have nine projects at this point that we've funded. Um, so that you know that's what we've started doing here. There's other city projects um, that are taking stormwater management. Um, very seriously, the the new comprehensive zoning ordinance, which is it's scheduled to be approved hopefully in April, um, has a uh, stormwater management article, um, which will be incorporated into the permitting process and design reviews. Um, we're also working with the uh, city's uh, floodplain manager to incorporate these techniques in the community rating system for flood insurance. Um, we we'll also have uh, working with a lot of nonprofits and um, having partnerships to develop uh, monitoring networks and maintenance programs. And um, we're also going after some pretty large grant funding opportunities to to uh, scale up some of these demonstration projects and really make an impact in, in water quantity and quality in the in the in the city. Now, when I talked to you before, I know a key phrase that you had used was, "Your New Orleans has to live." How New Orleans has to live, learn to live. Excuse me, with water, um, and that's something that the Netherlands did phenomenally well when you were there, and that uh, you really came away with your trip from. Um, I'm wondering, you're talking about uh, the nine demonstration projects that you have engaged in so far as a part of the Sewer and Water Board and, and the city's efforts. Um, can you tell me, do those nine projects, are they based specifically in the metro um, downtown areas of New Orleans, or do they affect um, the entire county in which New Orleans is located? Yes, we are trying to spread the projects across the city. Um, we have a really, yeah, so we're trying to, we're looking at some of the more flood prone areas uh street flooding wise uh the lower lying areas mm -hmm. as priority areas, but we also want it to being that they're pilot demonstration projects we want to people in every community to be able to have an opportunity to see what we're doing um so um in the urban central business district uh we we funded a green roof project that we we feel like going forward being there's less open space in the central business district, that would be a good project to, for them to see down there and opportunities, sort of green infrastructure they, type they can use there. Um, and then, and we have also have a lot of vacant land in this city, so we're looking at turning these empty lots into rain gardens. Um, and there's opportunities for that all over the city. Um, and so, and then, like I said, these edu these community outreach projects are targeting. Um, neighborhood groups all over the city, and also uh, the school curriculum is looking to expand out into um, into other schools. That sounds that's a really exciting effort you guys are putting forth. I know um, so oftentimes in planning when when we're talking about the success of different projects, it truly is because you're reaching across so many different networks that you might not otherwise engage with. Um, so it's really exciting to hear you guys talking about that sort of engagement. Um, and along those same lines, in creating that plan, I know you've mentioned to me before, and, and can I ask you to talk about this a little bit more, 
but how how did you begin to craft your plan? Did you look at other cities as role models in the U.S. for how um, you might incorporate green infrastructure into your current city? Oh, yes, absolutely. We um, we did a lot of research uh, looking at what other cities have done. We even visited other cities. Um, we visited Austin, uh, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia, and um, we met with other city officials, and we, we feel like those are three cities with very – they're way ahead of us, basically. Um, so we're not trying to really, you know – reinvent the wheel or anything, but we're able to learn a lot and adapt their techniques to uh, our challenges here. We we are um, we are a unique city, but other cities are, are, are dealing with similar issues. Um, so in crafting the plan, we wanted to target um, water quality and water quantity, and um, we, we feel like we, we've gotten a really good start, and we feel like learning from those other cities, we're pretty much going down the same path that they are. They've also been really open about sharing whatever materials they have, any sort of data that would be useful for us. So it's it's been a good dialogue with them, and, and we're looking to continue those efforts. Planners across the country are challenged with the task of using water responsibly while simultaneously preparing for disaster situations like Hurricane Katrina and Superstorm Sandy. Today's takeaway... We learn best when we collaborate with diverse groups of organizations, cities, and countries. We thank Brad for taking time to talk with us, and we'll look to the City of New Orleans for innovative practices on living with water in the future. Thanks for tuning in.